Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Vision. I had, you, you can stop it. Sorry. I had this vision like that uh, when I when I got ready to come up to preach, it'd be like the theme song was gonna come on. You know, like remember, like you know, like you ever watch like boxing? You know, like they're coming down the aisle and they got their theme song on. You know, and and I just thought I was gonna span the generational divides with this song. How many people here know this song? Come on, you know this song. You're like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Right? All right, so we're going to work on it because we got one more week. You can just imagine next week, Pastor Crawford, as he comes up to preach, coming up to this song. I can't get, no. Come on, Pastor Crawford, yeah. All right, well, hey, in, our, in, in a moment of transition, as opposed to, we'll go ahead and stop that. It's not going to work. Go ahead and stop it. We'll have all week to work on it. Um, but uh, before we do that, I, in a moment of transition, I want to invite my, my good friend and a young man that I had the pleasure of dunking in the water yesterday to come up here and share this front stage with me. So Noah, come on up, buddy. Come on. Come on, this is unscripted right here, unscripted. Now, Noah, do you know that song that was just on? Okay, just sing it anyway. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to sing it. You you got that microphone. I got this one, okay? Um, So everybody here did not get a chance to see you get baptized yesterday, and so we're going to do it again. No, I'm just kidding. just kidding. That's ice. That's ice. No, I'm just kidding, Noah. No, do you want to just take a moment and just tell everybody? I'm going to ask you a question. I'll, I'll make this easy for you. I'll ask you a question. You answer the question, okay? All right, who are you? I'm Noah. No, up, up higher in the mic. I'm Noah Jones. That's better. That's better. You're doing great. And Noah Jones, who's your favorite person in the room right now? Um, God. So good. So good. So good. I was giving you a chance to say dad for Father's Day, but he's not even in the room. So he, so he got excused out. So you went to God. That was so good. That was so good. All right, Noah, here's the real question. Yesterday, we dunked you in the water. And it meant a whole lot to me. I want to know two questions to you. Number one, why did you want to be baptized? And then number two, what did yesterday mean to you? Um, well, I wanted to get baptized because I felt like it was time that I wanted to give my heart to the Lord. And I want to look up to him for the rest of my life. And what did it mean to you to, to, to be in the water and out of the water and have that experience yesterday? Well, I feel like I finally did it. Like now, the heart is, my heart is to God, and he's in me, and I'm in him. So I can't wait to spend the rest of my life and with him up in heaven. Mm, mm, so good, so good, so good, so good. So church, what I want to say to you so that all of you hear me real clear is that you have just been invited into a sacred moment in this young man's life. He just said to all of you, that he invites you. Now, you, you, you might not have understood that you were fully saying this, but, but I'm going to help you understand it. He just said that he invites you as a church to help make it possible for him to continue every day walking with Jesus. And that means you get to be eyes for him, and you get to be thoughts for him, and you get to put up prayers for him, and you get accountability for him, and you get to support mom and dad and family for him. We are the church. We are the bride of Christ. And together, this young man is saying, I am in. I am in. So in the days ahead, in the weeks ahead, in the months ahead, and in the years ahead, be those spiritual parents for this young man and help him 
to one day stand up here with the microphone behind the ear and, and, and be asking these kind of questions to another young man or another young woman. All right, let's pray for Noah, and we'll pray for all of the kids of the church as well. Father God, we thank you so much. I thank you for this young man who has just said yes to you has, uh, and, and has declared that publicly through the action of baptism. God, I pray that you would seal on him all that you have done and are continuing to do. And Lord, as we talk today about being satisfied, I pray that in the days, the weeks, the months, and the many, many years of this young man's life ahead of him, that he would find his satisfaction in you. Might the church be alive to, to actively help all of our, the kids of our church and our community engage with you to the point of giving their life fully to you and to your will for their future. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Noah. Appreciate you. Come on, let's give it up. All right. Well, while we're talking about satisfaction. Hey, Michelle, I forgot my Bible and my sermon. It's going to be hard for me without that. I'm going to have to just sit here and just drink drinks in front of everybody. All right, so while we're talking about satisfaction, uh, if you've been with us the last two weeks, uh, come on, was that a treat for the last two weeks or what? Come on, come on, come on. Let's encourage that man in the back. We've got a good young man who has been preaching faithfully and has uh, laid out this series on being satisfied in Christ. And, uh, and he set us up well for the last two weeks. Pastor Crawford and I are going to try to bring it home this week and next week. And uh, just believe in that, that God has a word for all of us over uh, throughout this series. And I hope that you've really enjoyed it. So to, to tee us up for this morning, let me ask you this important question. What satisfies you? Go ahead and start thinking about that now. What satisfies you when you think about that? Like all kind of things might come to your mind, right? You might be thinking, I'm satisfied just sitting inside with the cool air blowing. Feels good, doesn't it? You're not out there in the heat, right? It feels nice. So that's cool. You might be thinking, that satisfies me. You might think to yourself, you know what really satisfies me would be if the Sixers would win tonight. Come on, I would feel satisfied. That. Let's be, how many of y'all just don't even care about that? Come on, there's some people in the room who just don't care about that. That's okay. Look, look, look. I am not revoking your Philadelphia card. It's okay. It's okay. We still love you. Like, that's cool. That's cool. But, I mean, when you think about what satisfies you, maybe some of you, you, you might have noticed the theme when Pastor Ricky was preaching. Each, each of those weeks, it involved food, didn't it? Y'all noticed that? Somehow it turned back to food, right? Right? That's good. We were joking about it in the office this week. We said, you know, when Pastor Ricky preaches, you know you're going to hear about food. When Pastor Ray preaches, you know you're going to hear about his kids. When Pastor Crawford preaches, you know you're going to hear about relationships like everybody knows it right like this is just kind of how it goes right so when you think satisfied you might be thinking those things the, the the thing that really gripped me here's the thing that really gripped me last week uh pastor ricky gave this illustration he said you know sometimes you know we think we're hungry and as soon as he said that i just immediately started thinking of my favorite foods like i was just like i'm with you yeah and then he said, what you really need, and before he said anything else, I started thinking about, like, ice cream, cheesecake, rice pudding. Like, I mean, I had a lot of good ideas. And then he said, what you really need is, like, a tall glass of water. And I was just like, mm-mm-mm. 
I was like, come on. But then I tried it this week. I was like, all right, like, I'm just going to take a tall glass of water. So I got my ice cream and my, 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 my cheesecake and my rice pudding, and I washed them down with a tall glass of water. It was great, Ricky. Thank you. Thank you. It was perfect. But, but, but what I honestly did think, I thought to myself, man, that is so true. Like, sometimes what we think will satisfy us really doesn't. That being said, Pastor Ricky, I hope you, you know, I know you're behind the screen, but I hope you can, hope you can follow me on this one. When I am thirsty, when I am really thirsty, this is what I want. I want a tall glass filled with ice. And then I want my favorite drink. And I want to pour it over that ice. And I want to fill it to the top. And I want to sip my lemonade nice and slow. Mm. And it quenches it. Like it just satisfies me. Does anybody else love lemonade? Come on, y'all just love lemonade. Yeah. Jelly, I, I knew we were kin. Like this is it. That, my friend, the tall glass filled deeply with ice is something that just quenches my thirst and satisfies my longing, at least for a little while. And then I'll need another tall glass. So I come back to my question as we launch into the sermon this morning. What is it that satisfies you? What is it that you're searching for? What is it that you would look all over in order to find? You know, the song that, that I was going to come into this morning says, I can't get no satisfaction. And it tells the story of looking all over the place and trying all kind of things in order to be satisfied, right? And you can imagine, you can just imagine doing this. Can you just imagine like trying to find a way to be satisfied? Like, Imagine, you know, you're, you're trying to climb the corporate ladder because you want to be satisfied, right? You're looking to, to finally get to that place where you're like, I made it. This is it, right? You can imagine, you know, going car shopping, not because there's something wrong with yours, but because there's a newer and faster one out there, right? And you're just like, I want this because I, I think it's going to somehow satisfy. Find me. You can imagine exploring relationships, not because you you know that you think God is saying, "Hey, you need to be in one," because you're saying, but you're saying internally, like, "I don't I don't want to be alone. I just got to go find somebody. I gotta I gotta find what completes me somehow." You can imagine thinking about it, um, you know, you know, looking looking for meaning in in uh, in things of the world, right? That you're just like, I don't think this is good for me, but 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 other people are doing it, so I feel like I should try to do it too because maybe that's what will satisfy me right? Let me say this. If you've ever thought for a moment, what is it that you need to be complete or to be satisfied or to, or to be fulfilled, you're not alone. You're not alone. Matter of fact, the psalmist, David, he, he talked about searching all over, searching all over to find this. And then ultimately, we know, as we sit here together as the church, we ultimately know, and, and this gives away the last two weeks, this week and next week, we ultimately know that the satisfaction that we're internally looking for is only, let me say that again, is only found in Jesus Christ. There's a ton of things that satisfy me for a moment, 
for a moment. Matter of fact, I just listed a whole bunch of them, right? Like, I, I, I like to be successful in whatever that means. I would, I, that would satisfy me for a couple of days, you know? Um, if, if I, I, have a, I have a good friend who just bought a new Tesla, and he, he took me, he, he said I could ride in the car with him, and I was in the passenger seat. I've never gone so fast in my life, never. Matter of fact, he hit the gas, and, and I literally was like, like back, I like I sucked into the seat, and I thought to myself, man, just driving this for a few minutes would that would satisfy me, right? You know, and 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 I told you about lemonade. Like, I mean, if I could get a hose connected to the house that just lemonade came out of, like that would just be amazing, right? Like, like there are a ton of things that would satisfy me for a moment, but I'm pretty confident of this that, and I, and and this is by trial and error. I can tell you this: every one of them at some point is no longer going to satisfy me. Every one of them at some point is eventually going to run out of the fulfillment that it offers me. And that's not just true of things. That's true of relationships. That's true of I am a people person. Like, I love to be around people. Like, probably the death of me was COVID. That's a bad. Rewind that tape. Probably the thing that like sucked the life out of me the most was not being able to be with people during the pandemic, right? So this right here, just like, wow, like, yes, there's people here. There's not empty pews. The camera's smaller than it used to be. This is great. But even this will eventually lose its fulfillment. What satisfies us is Christ. It's finding our relationship, as little Noah just came up today and shared, it's finding our relationship expressed in Jesus Christ. And so this morning, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me. Let's start in 1 Peter chapter 4 in the 10th verse. Now, you remember in the last couple of weeks, I said, hey, let's start bringing back those old-fashioned paper Bibles. And so if you have one, bring one. If you don't have one, let us know. We've got a bunch of extras. We've got brand new ones. We'd love to gift you so you can take home. But we're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It'll be on the screen behind me. Amen when you get there. Cadence, you ain't turn a single page. This is what it says. 1 Peter chapter 4 in the 10th verse. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. All right, so as, uh, as we start looking at these texts this morning, I think we're going to find this theme. We cannot experience satisfaction in Jesus without service and sacrifice. Let me say those words again. Service and sacrifice. If you're going to write things down, write these two words down. Service and sacrifice. I believe that you're just going to see a theme through the scriptures this morning that suggests to us that both service and sacrifice are required in order, to, in order for us to find satisfaction, fulfillment in Jesus. First Peter chapter 4 and 10th verse, he says, use whatever gift that you have received to do what? What does he say? Use your gifts to do what? To serve others. In other words, God has gifted you. God has DNA'd you. God has made you unique for a reason. And that reason is not just so that you can look different than the person sitting next to you on the pew. 
By the way, that is really cool. I wish you could see what I see right now. I wish you could see how beautiful you are and how unique every one of you are. But here's the point. God didn't make you that way just so you could look so amazing sitting on a pew. God made you that way so that you could use that uniqueness for what? To serve others. If we want to find who Christ is, if we want to find fulfillment and satisfaction in relationship with Jesus, if we want to understand what's missing, you know that, that grumbling you get way down here, not in the top of the belly, not in the top of the belly, that just means you need a dessert, like way down here in the bottom of the belly. If you want to figure out why you're having that feeling, if you're saying that there's a longing down there that's never quite satisfied, let me help you by saying this. Part of it is understanding that what God has given you, he's given it to you for the purpose of serving others. Serving, now look, we get this, right? We get this, right? You remember the last time you did something really nice for somebody? Okay, if you can't think of a time, think of a time that somebody else did something really nice for somebody. But you remember, you remember how you smiled? You gave away a $20 bill to that little old lady who forgot to bring her purse and she bought all her groceries anyway, right? She was in line with her groceries and she didn't have her purse with her and she looked around and you were like, oh, I just feel bad. And you just ripped out that $20 bill and you paid for her groceries. And you went home and you weren't sad because you were $20 shorter. What were you? Yeah, you were like, yo, this is cool. This, that was awesome. That was so cool. My friend just told a story online today, uh, yesterday. He said, some, uh, he said, said some young entrepreneurs knocked on his door and said, hey, we, hey, how you doing? Okay, come on up. Come on, let's do it. Said some young entrepreneurs knocked on his door. This is your first preaching moment. Some young entrepreneurs knocked on his door and said, hey, I want to, uh, I want to cut your grass. Hey, say hi. Say hi. Some young entrepreneurs said, cut, said I want to cut your grass. And, uh, and he said he looked around at his grass, and unfortunately, he had just had his grass cut. And so he had to say to the young entrepreneurs, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't need my grass cut, I'm sorry. And they went away. And this young 14-year-old boy who went away pushing his mower down the street, you know, the, 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 the homeowner thought to himself, you know, I feel kind of bad. I feel, like, I, feel like, I feel like I just disappointed this kid. Maybe there's something I could do. So he went, and found the, he went and found the 14-year-old boy, and he said, hey, you know what, I don't need my grass cut but you're charging $25 a yard to cut other people's grass, so here's $25. The next person whose grass you cut, don't charge them. Don't charge them. And, uh, and, 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 and he finished his post by saying, you know, it felt really good to just serve somebody else in that way, to just bless somebody. And I want to help us understand this today. God has made the church in such a way that he's given us gifts, but those gifts are not meant to stay here they're meant to serve out there. They're meant to go bless somebody. They're meant to go enhance somebody's life and somebody's experience. They're meant to reveal something to somebody. We'll look more at it this way. Turn over to the book of Ephesians in the fifth chapter. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus, and that's what we're going to look at in the first two verses of chapter 5. By the way, this lemonade is so good. This is left over from the picnic yesterday yeah yeah it's so good all right Ephesians chapter 5 is anybody with me I heard no amens out there all right here we go all right here we go follow Paul says to, Paul says to the church in Ephesus he says follow God's example 
Therefore, as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Paul says, follow God's example. He gave us Christ, and Christ gave himself up as an offering and a sacrifice. Willingly gave himself up for us to the Father. Church, how are you doing? How are you doing at giving up your will and your desires and allowing them to re be replaced by the desires of God. I know this is a struggle for me. One of the struggles for me is that I love what I love. I love what I love. And so to give up something that I love because there's something else that God would have me to do with that, and that's a wrestle. And it doesn't mean I fail at that wrestle every time, but it means I have to consciously make a choice to say, God, your desire over mine. How many of y'all remember when, before your phones became your alarm clocks? How many of y'all remember before phones became alarm clocks? When they were like big and chunky alarm clocks that sat, you know, they, they were the digital ones, you remember those, right, with the big screens, and they sat on your nightstand, and they were just in an arm's reach. And y'all remember that the way they were all designed, they had little buttons that you could use to set them, and then they had a big button. And what, what, what did that button say on it? Snooze. And how, how many of y'all remember reaching over and saying, my will be done, right? My will be done, right? Like, you know, you knew you was, yeah, don't, don't point at your wife. She might elbow you. You know, it's Father's Day, but, you know, you might want to watch out, Pastor. All right, so y'all remember this, right? You, you know, you, you remember this, right? You set your, at night, when you're getting ready for bed, you set your alarm for the time you know you're supposed to get up. And you're like, oh, no big deal. I know I'm supposed to get up at 6, right? But at 6 o'clock, your body don't say it want to get up. And so the alarm still says you wanted to get up at 6. But you reach over and say, no, 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 my will be done. My will be done. I'm going to get up at 6.15. How many of y'all hit it more than once? Come on, be honest. How many people hit snooze more than once? Mm-hmm. Some of y'all being real. Some of y'all being real. Some of y'all not being real. Some of y'all just looking and saying nobody's here to tell on me, right? That's all right. That's all right. That idea of, you know, now I just made it real fun, right? Because everybody's like, ha ha, I like the snooze. I like to get that extra seven minutes of sleep, right? And it, we all laughed about it, right? But, but that idea, uh, that idea of saying there's, there's, there's a will that's greater than mine and I've got to give up what I want in order to satisfy that, that idea is what, Christ, what Paul says the church is meant to do. He says that we're meant to live in the example of Christ. And if we're going to live in the example of Christ, then therefore we have to be willing to sacrifice, we got to be willing to say, my desires come second, your desires come first. God, you wanted me up at six. I listened to the alarm, even though I wanted to snooze, I couldn't. All right, let me look at one other verse with you real quick. Go to the book of Galatians chapter two. Galatians chapter two, Paul writes to another church in Galatia, and he says these things in Galatians chapter two. I'm going to move quicker here, because I got, like, we're just through the intro, all right? I have been crucified, I'm in chapter two, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, now Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me 
and who gave himself up for me. There's so much to unpack in this verse, but watch this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. In other words, my life has been yoked with Jesus. I'm alive because of Jesus. That means I also died in the way that Jesus did, right? Like I died to sin. I died. I, you know, Jesus dies on the cross. Jesus is crucified. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. My life is attached to his forever. I no longer live. My own desires are not what drive me anymore. I now live in Christ because Christ lives in me. Noah just said that up here when he was preaching his little sermonette before we got started. He said, he said, I'm alive. He said, I want, I want to live for Jesus because Jesus lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by the faith in the Jesus, the son of God. And because Jesus loved me, he gave himself up for me. He surrendered. He yielded. He sacrificed for me. This is the model that you and I are called to. So let me give you three points that are very practical that I think will help you make it through this week as we go along. The first one, we encounter God's presence in our suffering. When we suffer, when, when, when the battle wages against us, when, when the things that we experience are tough, we are not alone. We encounter God's, we're going to do it again, we encounter God's presence. You might not have time to turn there, but I'm going to read it anyway. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and verses 3 through 7, this is what it says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. Let me say that again. Some of you may be sitting in a spot right now where you're feeling afflicted. You need to hear this. God comforts us in all of our troubles because or so that we can comfort those in any trouble as well. We do that with the comfort we ourselves have experienced. Let, what does that mean, Pastor Ray? It means this. As you go through something, as you're sitting in the moments that are incredibly difficult, whether they are things that you have brought about or things that have come unknowingly towards you, Here's what you need to know. Number one, you're not alone in it. It doesn't matter how alone you feel. It doesn't matter how many times you've heard the lie in your head that nobody understands what you're going through. You are not alone in it. I tell you, Satan is real. He wants to convince you of this lie. You are not alone in it. God himself has declared that he will be with you in each of your moments of trouble and he will turn those moments so that you can use those moments as life lessons for someone else that you can comfort them because you have experienced yourself the comfort that only comes through Christ. Friends, as you go through it this week, I want you to understand something. When we experience suffering, it is only in the experience of suffering. It is only through that experience of suffering that we experience the encounter and encounter the presence of God. God's presence is encountered in our sufferings. In Romans chapter 8, in the 18th verse, uh, we, we see this. Says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that is set to be revealed to us. When I was a young kid, I had a chance as, as, a, as a young Christian. I was put on assignment by my pastor. I, you know, like, I don't we don't have time for the whole story, but I was 16 years old when I came to know Jesus. I was 17 when I started driving a car, and at 17 in a day, my pastor walked up to me and said, you're a Christian, you're driving a car, I've got an assignment for you. I just revered, revered my pastor a lot, so I said, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. He said, there's a little old lady, her name is Jeannie. Your job from now on is twice a week to go visit Jeannie. 
And you're going to sit there in her room. She was in a nursing center. You're going to sit there in her room. You're going to listen to whatever story she tells you. And whenever possible, you're going to give her a ride to church. I had a truck with with wheels that that rivaled Pastor Pastor Rick's Jeep. He's He's got a song about his Jeep being lifted. I had an SUV that was lifted, right? And my pastor said, you're going to take little Jeannie to church. You know what that meant? You're going to appreciate this one. Somehow I had to figure out how to get low and hoist little Jeannie up and get her up into my SUV. Yo, I did it. I did it. Whatever you said, Pastor, I was doing it, right? So, so but here, here's, here's the point of this, right? What I learned, I learned from, one thing I learned, I learned from her. She, I mean, her body was failing. Everything about her body was breaking down, right? And it wasn't long before she passed on to glory. But she would look, even though the days seemed like, you know, to me as a young kid, I was like, why would you ever go through this? She would always look in, in her sweet little voice, and, and, and she spoke in Spanish, and it was translated for me. But she would say, what I'm experiencing now doesn't matter because there are many days that are great that are ahead of me. And I was like, what? I didn't get it. I didn't get it. But she got it. She got this. She got that as she experienced the troubles of this earth, that she was comforted by Christ, that she was in the presence of God, and that eventually she would be in the eternal presence of God. All right, I got to move. Second point, as you get ready, I said there's three. Here's the second one. Take this one with you. We exhibit God's power in our service or through our service. We exhibit, we show the power of God through our service. Paul says to the church, he says, but by grace, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, the grace of God that was with me. Whatever you see in me, whatever of it is good, whatever of it seems to be worth following, let me tell you something. It's not my own. It's by the grace of God. It is the power of God on display. Left to my own accord, I would be a mess. But the grace of God, but by the grace of God, he's ordered steps. And by the grace of God, he's forgiven sins. And by the grace of God, he's defeated addictions. And by the grace of God, he's covered me. And by the grace of God, if you see any of that worth following, might you know the power of Jesus Christ. We exhibit the power of God through our service to others. Finally, as you think about how do I apply this today, here's our third one. We are equipped through service and sacrifice to express God's goodness. There's a message the world needs to know. Maybe some of us here today need to know this. God is good. Here's another message the world needs to know, and maybe you need to know this today. God is for you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's not saddened by you. He's not disappointed in you. He is for you. He is your biggest fan. He is your biggest cheerleader. He is your biggest proponent. He is your defender. He is your advocate. He is the one who is battling on your behalf. God is for you. We reveal that to the world. We reveal how, for, how, how much God is for us and for the world when we serve and we're willing to sacrifice. Paul said to the church, follow me as I follow Christ. 
Because as they saw him, they saw him running toward Christ, running toward the Father. The uh, Samaritan woman who, was, who met Jesus at the well, she ran into the center of town and she said, hey, I met this guy. I can't tell you anything more about him than this. He knew a whole lot about me and he seems like somebody really important. Now follow me because I'm running back to the well. All I'm trying to say is this. If you're trying to figure out how is it that you communicate to the people around you how much God loves them, if you're trying to figure out how much you communicate to the people in your house, how for them that God is, if you're trying to figure out how do you communicate to the littlest ones or to the aging ones how much God is for and in love with them, then do this. Serve and sacrifice. Serve and sacrifice. How, how can I serve you? How can I, how, how can I be for you? Because as I'm for you, I want you to know it's not me, it's him. As I serve you, it's not me, it's him. I want you to get this. And, and, and when we talk about sacrifice, it doesn't mean, it, it literally doesn't mean that you're, you're, you yourself are going to the cross. It means your will is. Oh, 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 that, that, somebody better catch that. It doesn't mean that you're going to the cross. It means your will, your desires are. They're coming secondary, that someone else's are coming first now. That all of a sudden you're saying, I am doing this, not because it's what I would do myself or because it's what I would want myself. I'm doing this because I believe this is what God is wanting. This is what God desires. This is what God would do. I live on this crazy corner of Ridge and Port Royal. We love it here. We love it here. But one thing we don't love is getting out of our driveway. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, y'all understand this because a because long, long time ago, we realized as a church, many, many years ago, probably 75 years ago, we realized as a church that it was impossible to get out on Ridge from our driveway, and so we put an exit in the back. So now you go through the driveway of the church, you go out the back, and you come out to a light, and it's beautiful. But there's no extra exit at my house. You come in the driveway and you go out the same driveway. And so we'll be pulling out there. We'll be sitting out there at the corner. Y'all know this because y'all drive by sometimes, right? You see us sitting there getting ready to pull out. And you think to yourself, should I let them out or not? Yeah. Yeah. Some of y'all feeling guilty, right? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. No, no guilt, no shame. Watch this, watch this. So, so <clears throat> when we pull out, we're ready to pull out, right? We're just like, all right, we're just waiting. Just going to wait for who, who is moving slow that, they, that it seems like we can get out before they catch up to us. Or who was feeling really generous and going to let us out, right? And so, you know, we kind of wait for that car or that person. And, and, then, and then whenever we experience somebody who's just really gracious, who's just like, I'm going to let you out. Man, man, my, my day is just different. I'm just like, wow, God, the grace of God. This person stopped like a half a block back and was like, go, go, go. But let me be honest with you. Ain't none of us like that on our own. Every one of us knows one pedal, and that's the gas, right? And we're just like, yo, I got to catch that light. I got to catch that light. You ain't trying to stop a half a block back to let somebody out, right? And when you do, it's not you. It's him. Now, look, silly example, silly example. You get this week the assignment. My pastor gave me an assignment when I was 17. You get this assignment. Figure out this week how are you going to serve and how are you going to sacrifice so that someone else sees Christ. Because I believe this, that is how the deep longing within us is truly satisfied. I'm thirsty again.
Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this time to gather together as your church. God, thank you that you are continuing to do a great, great work. God, as we talk about being satisfied, as we talk about the longings of our life being fulfilled, as we talk about really being willing to give up our will for yours, God, I pray this week you would charge us to go and to serve and to sacrifice. I pray as we sit in moments where we're experiencing the hardship of life, God, that, that we recognize that you are with us in those moments, that we are not alone, and you're charging us up, you're getting us ready, that you're gifting us all that we'll need so that we can not serve ourselves, but so that we can serve others, and we can do so sacrificially. God, the greatest gift that we could ever offer somebody is the chance to drink the living water, to know that you are the king, to know that you love us and that you are for us and you desire for us to know Christ the way that, uh, the way that Christ himself knew you, the Father. So, Lord God, even this morning as we sit here, if there's any of us here today who are just doubting or we're confused about whether or not you're Lord of our life, I pray that we'd be inspired by young Noah and that we would hear young Noah saying what Paul said, follow me while I follow Christ. Look at me because Christ is alive in me. And I'll reveal that in the way that I live, but I'll reveal that in the good times and in the hard times. I'll reveal that by serving others, by putting your love on display. And I'll reveal that by putting others first. No greater love has one for another than they would lay down one's life. Christ, you modeled that for us. You gave up your will and your life that we today might be able to choose to do likewise. So this week, God, give us opportunities to serve. And as we do, might the spotlight not be on us. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.